This is your host, Heather Petropoulos, recording live from my home studio in Brooklyn, New York, bringing you the Photo Mixed Tapes podcast. Hello, my audience, and welcome to the 19th episode of season three of the podcast. When I first began podcasting almost a year ago, as an addition to my already photo mixed tape series, I wondered where it would be by now. I had an ultimate goal of creating a podcast that I'm proud of, and I couldn't be prouder, and that others would enjoy too, and you, my audience, now stretch across eight countries worldwide. But I lacked an actual guess of where we would be. The truth is that I still long for what would feel like a big break someone who's producing content across a much larger audience to notice my little place in the artistic world and to bring me along with them, or let me lead. As my confidence and my skill levels increase in this venture, it gets even harder to be satisfied with the smaller victories, and it becomes more natural to reach out for even more. That's when my good, old-fashioned, humbled pride kicks in and reminds me that this is a journey and not a destination. The title for this week's episode came to me as I was getting back to basics within my artistic life. I've been redoing my website on a cleaner platform without all of the bells and whistles that I had to align it more closely with what this project is and who I am. It's not that those other things failed necessarily, it's just that they became less relevant to what was actually happening. I had a full-on photography for sale shop that no one was shopping in, So why pay for and maintain a site like that when there isn't traffic to justify it? I still plan on selling original photography, but I am finding the very best ways to reach people with my art first. The fun thing about this new website is that I can share my actual music mixes from Spotify on it directly. Rather than everything being a link to a link to a window to a new place, now everything I'm working on is in one place. It will be so much more fun to share and update folks with real-time art than it was in a stationary gallery without the tunes. I'm also streamlining my YouTube presence and got rid of my WordPress blog completely because my little one-stop shop can handle all of the content beautifully, including video clips from YouTube. Everything is called Photomix Tapes now, so you can reach me everywhere with that. The website is photomixtapes.com, And you can reach out to me with feedback, collaboration ideas, and anything else on your mind at heather at photomixtapes.com. I look forward to making it a lot easier for you to get in touch, keep in touch, and keep up to date with everything Photomix Tapes related, with new things starting soon. So stay tuned. As for the title in relation to everything else this week... Picking up the pieces felt bound to the latest chapter of Time-Lapsed Fairy Tale, because there are some pivotal connections between some of the pieces of the story that are introduced, and both Red and Purple are picking up the pieces of the scattering of their memories and lives in different ways this week. It is a short but vital chapter. In track two, I will present photography video creation tips for pulling frames out of videos and how that can be a great way to create a blended series. Those tips will be for picking out the pieces rather than picking them up. And for track three this week, I will be reviewing the HBO original show, Sharp Objects, 
which is definitely all about picking up the pieces for the lead character as she revisits her hometown in search of answers to old and new stories. But first things first. Track one, the next chapter of time-lapsed fairy tale. Chapter 18 Red notices the window is open and blowing the blinds back and forth, making the hairs on her arms stand on end. Wait, where's her roommate? She was just asking her about the box she saw under her bed. But there's just one bed in this room and she is sitting on it alone with only the sounds the blinds are making scraping against the windowsill. Her things are all around this room, her music, her photographs, her letters. Could she have imagined having a roommate? And if so, why? Purple woke up with a headache the first morning of July. Gosh, what year was it even? She was there almost five years now, so it must be 2025? Yes, that must be right. She thought she would get some writing done this morning before the usual tightrope walking act it was to stay out of Red's way. Red had been wanting to talk to Purple for years now, and the hospital went to great lengths to ensure that the two women stay separate. Even though Rhinebeck was the biggest hospital of its kind in the country, and the staff had it all under control... Purple still felt the weight of avoidance and the dance to ensure there weren't any interactions. Sometimes she would wake up in the middle of the night from dreams of interacting with other patients and friends here, but she didn't really have any. She was pretty much alone, something that, at 56 years old, she never imagined would be her fate. Well, maybe she'd feared it with a small family and friend circle, but she never imagined it would actually come to be. Red woke up panting and sweating from another nightmare. This time it was about the time she was staying with Purple and had locked herself in the bathroom scared about how close they were getting. When she came out, she was so sure Purple found her behavior strange, and she started talking about her attractions to exes and things that pushed a wedge between them rather than bringing them closer. She woke up at the point in the night that she faced the wall instead of putting her arms around Purple like she really wanted to. She hated waking up like this, but this time it was more real. The feelings she was feeling were more palpable and authentic. She felt a tightness in her chest. "'What time is our craft liftoff anyway, baby?' Scarlet asks as she brushes Mauve's hand away from her ass." I just have a few more things to pack up for us. Mauve has the strangest flash of something from inside the bathroom as she's about to answer Scarlet's question. She sees someone who looks like Scarlet locked in a bathroom and filled with fear to come back out to be with. Scarlet walks over to the bathroom door and sees Mauve paused midair packing their dry shampoo. Babe, what time do we take off? Did she imagine the radio broadcast also, when she came to? How could she be here all alone? Just then, she remembers that Purple is also in this hospital, and she keeps trying to get authorization to see her. To talk to her just once would be enough. But ever since she asked, it's coming back to her now, 
She hasn't even had yard or common room time. The staff has made sure that they don't have their meals at the same times, and anyway, she has no idea which room Purple's in. Purple was working on a personal essay about being locked up in the hospital. She had started writing regularly during the time after her bad breakup with Red and the time surrounding it when they couldn't seem to say hello or goodbye again, and the panic from possibly never having any resolve with such an important relationship sent her toward some good habits and some bad habits. The good habits she still tried to keep up with, and all the bad habits were what she was working out in the hospital with her counselors and peers. She wasn't doing well out there on her own, and the sacrifice she made of being studied at the hospital was a worthy sacrifice for finally getting some help for her downward spiral. Red being in such close proximity didn't help matters, though. Red decided to call the nurse in this time because things felt a little different than her normal anxieties when she awoke from a particularly horrific nightmare. She would normally just take another dose of medication, but she thought talking it through would be better this time. As much as she resisted the intake process and for her first months in the hospital, now she was trying to get the help she really needed. She was still really pissed about being studied, though, She knew she had no choice when voluntarily committing herself in here, but she was weirded out that she was being studied and for reasons she still didn't quite understand. Something about it being for future memory sequence storage or some shit. It sounded more like a Stanley Kubrick film plot than her life in just a quarter through the 2000s. Mav isn't sure what kind of flashback she's having. Or a daydream? She can barely pull out of it to digest and respond to Scarlett's question. 8.16, honey. We really have to motor. Just then, Mauve looks down at her wrist to an update from the craft services. Takeoff delayed by one hour due to weather over the Atlantic. Scarlett just chuckles when she receives the same message on her wrist. She closes the bathroom door with both of them inside and starts kissing Mav's neck. We have a little time in this little bathroom, she whispers while running her fingers down the sides of Mav's hips, and they begin to move together against the bathroom door. Track 2. Photography Video Creation Tips. Picking out the pieces of videos to create stills. I started a new photo mix tapes mix, Hold the Pumpkin Mix, on September 1st, and it felt time to explore something new. I had really enjoyed the previous mix, introducing you to some of my favorite tracks for my birthday month. I also created the Objects in My Glasses Appear image series during that mix, and I was ready for a change. Looking through my glasses at the world felt freeing until it didn't anymore and I decided to give unhindered photography and video creation a spin again. Even though I didn't have a theme in mind for this mix, only the absence of the previous theme, I did find myself drawn to themes. I began taking much more video of the world around me and editing it based upon my day and my travels and also the new music I was introducing with the mix. The musical artists were unknown, and so were my subjects. Even subjects that I had traveled frequently became new. 
I found myself drawn to taking still frames from the videos I was creating, and so some tips for you to do so. My first tip for you this week is to record excellent video from the beginning. There's no sense shooting and sharing video that is overplayed or overdone and not from a different perspective, most particularly when you're looking for stills from that video. I pride myself on having new ideas of the same roads I walk, having worked nearly 100 hours at my day job during the beginning of the Hold the Pumpkin mix. I needed to create from what I frequented and what I knew, my work neighborhood. But I found ways to do it that were different and spoke from different themes. Because of this pre-thought and care in recording the videos to begin with, the still image captured from them was much easier. I was able to find great stills from these videos. My second tip for you this week is technical. Be very careful with your exposure if you are planning on grabbing a still from your video. If you're too blown out or too dark, the stills will be very difficult to grab without a lot of additional editing, and it will look awful even with the editing. Make sure you're exposed for the entire environment and follow the very same principles as you would in excellent photography. Compose carefully, balance your exposure, and if you have completing light sources, be careful to take your exposure up or down as needed. Small adjustments make a big difference if you're looking for stills afterward. I've had so much fun creating and editing these videos and then noticing the stills that spoke to me the most. My third tip for you this week is to curate your stills from the video carefully. You don't necessarily want the most risky or action shots of the video. You want the featured moment that really shows off all of the principles of what makes an image excellent, composition, exposure, and feeling. If the video is very calm and gray, chances are you won't score a very energetic still frame from it. Don't force it. In general, art shouldn't be forced. It should be joyful and freeing to create. These are important principles to consider when choosing stills from your videos. Track 3, a review of the HBO original show, Sharp Objects. Where to even begin? I couldn't sleep one night, my favorite way to stumble upon new entertainment. And I literally chose Sharp Objects for the thumbnail art, a great nod to the previous track about carefully choosing your stills from video. I've always appreciated Amy Adams, adored Patricia Clarkson, and it looked so intriguing with so much below the surface. Well, yes. <laughs> you will want to jump off here if you intend on watching Sharp Objects, something I wholeheartedly recommend. I'll structure this review around the consistent principles of photo mixtape series and podcast, cinematography, writing, and music. Cinematography, Wow. The cinematography success of Sharp Objects isn't just about what's in each scene, but about what's not, and what's in focus, and what's not. One of the most important parts of the series are the words that Amy Adams' character... I think remembering character names is overrated, and I rarely do so... has etched into her own skin as a depressed and alcoholic sexual abuse survivor and cutter. 
But we rarely see a clear shot of these words, and we rarely see all of the hidden words that are on the roads of the town and billboards and bar signs that are meant to signal and suggest under-the-radar themes and importances. In general, the cinematography is most successful in how mysterious it is versus how overt it is. The mysteries of what is actually happening inside the house where Amy's character grew up and returns is palpable in the absence of details. The biggest successes here are how the dollhouse that her change-of-life sister, played by a powerhouse and relative newcomer for Australia, is only hinted at but rarely shown in any detail, since the clues to the finale and mystery of who killed the young girls of the town are literally in the dollhouse. Overall, this is a portrait of a repressed southern town where the mysteries are all in full view and also under the current. Writing. I am proud of guessing who the killer is about four episodes into the series, not because of my own capacities, but because of the amazing foreshadowing that I happen to pay attention to. The success you feel guessing who the killer ends up to be, Amy's younger sister, is a success you point toward the story writer and script writers ultimately. The show is so well written, it will knock your socks off in its dialogue and sense of undercurrent and foreshadowing. It's the kind of tale I wish I had woven myself, and I don't say that about a lot of fiction. I absolutely love the book Gone Girl by the same author, but I was very disappointed by the film version of that book. This series elevates the original material in ways I'm quite sure the author of the book didn't even realize were possible when she originally sat down to write the book. The standouts of writing here are the scenes between Amy and her screen mother, Patricia Clarkson. I have never seen either in pure form in their roles, and I doubt I will again anytime soon. Their scenes together are ripe with disgust and history and love and the need for their roles like almost nothing else I've ever seen. Music. Where to even begin with the music? For one, Amy's screen father, who maintains a super-duper weirdness the entire short series, is an audiophile through and through, with the equipment and collections to both die for, and when he plays the music of escaping the family dynamic, you're transported because you needed the break also. In addition, the opening tracks change to match the week's drama. A real standout in music, this series knows how a well-placed song can make or break a scene or series, and it uses its music to the 10th power every time. Bravo on the song design and the music in this amazing series. I can't recommend Sharp Objects enough, It's bold and nuanced with superb performances and an amazing twisting plot. It also offers one of the best explorations of female mental illness I have ever seen, all the while being executed as a television series in an excellent way. The crew, the cast, the writers, and the leadership of this series deserve every accolade coming their way, and I have a feeling they'll need a limo during award season for all the awards. 12 out of 10. I think I will revisit it to soak in all of the artistry all over again. Thank you, my audience, for staying until the final seconds this week. 
I'm filled with joy at your audience, your feedback, and your choice to join me each week on this journey. I look forward to the upcoming episodes and to seeing you over on photomixtapes.com, the new hub for the series and the podcast. And until we meet again, I wish you the best sights, stories, and sounds. <laughs>